0: Section 41 of The Fairchild Family. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kathleen. The Fairchild Family by Mary Martha Sherwood. Grandmama's History of Evelyn vaughn Part 1. To teach little Francis his letters. Will it not sound very strange to you, my dear children? said old mrs fairchild to hear me talk of people whom i knew very well who were born one hundred years or more ago but when you know that i can remember many things which happened seventy years ago and that i knew several people who were more than seventy years old even henry will be able to make out more than a hundred years since the time that they were born Stop grandmamma said henry and i will do the sum in the sand henry then took a stick and wrote seventy on the ground now add to that another seventy and cast it up my boy said grandmamma it comes cried henry to a hundred and forty only think grandmamma you can remember people who were born a hundred and forty years ago how wonderful and the odd years are not counted remarked emily perhaps if we were to count them they might come up to a hundred and fifty very likely my dears said the old lady so do you all sit still and i will begin my story one hundred and we will say forty years ago there resided near the town of reading in which i was born a very wealthy family descended from the nobility though through a younger son there are some reasons why i shall not mention the real name or rather the first name of the family for it had two i will therefore give the second which was vaughan they had many houses and fine lands amongst which was the grove the place which we have now the mrs vaughan who was married one hundred and forty years ago was a very particular woman and insisted on abandoning all her pleasant places in the country and residing in a very dull and dismal old-fashioned place just at the end of one of the streets at reading i shall tell you more about that place by and by this lady had four daughters before she had a son not one of these daughters ever married they were reared in the greatest pride and no one was found good enough to marry them there was mistress Anne and Mistress Catherine and Mistress Elizabeth and Mistress Jane. For in these old days, the title of Miss was not often used. After many years, Mrs. Vaughan added a son to her family, and soon afterwards became a widow. This son lived many years unmarried and was what you, my children, would call an old man. When he took a young and noble wife, the daughter and only child of this Mister Vaughan was about my age, and she is the person whose history i am going to tell you there is a picture of her at the grove in the room in which your dear cousins spent many of their early days it is drawn at full length and is as large as life it represents a child of maybe five years of age in a white frock placing a garland on the head of a lamb behind the child an old-fashioned garden is represented and a distant view of the grove house in which she was born but Grandmamma said henry you have not told us that little girl's name her name was evelyn answered the old lady the only person i ever knew with that name but it is a pretty one remarked lucy there were a great many people to make a great bustle about little evelyn when she came there were her own mother and her father and there were the four proud aunts and many servants and other persons under the family. For it was known that if no more children were born, Evelyn would have all her father's lands and houses and parks, and all her mother's and aunt's money and jewels. But with all these great expectations, Evelyn's life began with sorrow. Her mother died before she could speak, and her father also very soon after he had caused her pitcher to be drawn with a lamb poor little girl said lucy all her riches could not buy her another papa and mamma but what became of her then grandmamma she was taken added the old lady to live under the care of her aunts at the curious old house i spoke of as being close at the end of the town of reading and she desired to bring nothing with her but the pet lamb which by this time was getting on to be as big as a sheep though it still knew her and would eat out of her hand and would frisk about her the four mistresses vaughan were at the very head and top of formal and fashionable people as far as ever i knew them and i knew them very well at one time they were all form and ceremony and outside show in whatever they did until they were far very far advanced in years and had been made through many losses and sorrows to feel the emptiness of all worldly things but i have reason to hope that the eyes of some of them were then opened to think and hope for better things than this life can give but i shall speak of them as they were when evelyn was under their care and when i was acquainted well with them the entrance to the house where they lived was through heavy stone gates which have long since been removed and a long an avenue formed by double rows of trees many of which are now gone i have often when a little child been taken by my nurse to walk in that avenue and i thought it so very long that had i not seen it since i could have fancied it was miles in length that is just like me grandmamma said henry when i was a little boy i used to think that the walk through mary bush's wood was miles and miles long and so did i added emily and then the story went on at the farthest end of this avenue continued Grandmamma, the ground began to slope downwards and then the house began to appear but so hidden by tall dark cypress trees and hedges and walls i may call them a view and box and hornbeam all cut in curious forms and shapes that one could only here and there see a gable or a window or door but in no place the whole of the front the house had been built many many years before and it was a curious wild place both within and without though immensely large the way up to the door of the principal hall was by a double flight of stone steps surmounted with huge carved balustrades nothing could however be seen from any window of the house but trees those which were near being cut into all sorts of unnatural forms and those which were beyond the garden growing so thickly as entirely to shut out the rays of the sun from the ground below i should like to see that place grandmamma said lucy you would see little, my child, replied the old lady, of what it was seventy years ago. I am told that it is altogether changed. But if the place was gloomy and stiff without, it was worse within, where the four old ladies ordered and arranged everything. I can tell you how they passed their days. They all breakfasted, either in their own dressing rooms or in bed, being waited upon by their own maids. Why did they do that? grandmamma asked henry i will tell you my dear answered the old lady at that time when i was a little girl and knew those ladies people dressed in that stiff troublesome way which you may have seen in old pictures the ladies wore in the first place very stiff stays and those who thought much of being smart had them laced as tight as they could well bear added to these stays they wore hoops or petticoats well stiffened with whalebone some of these hoops were of the form of a bell with the mouth downwards these were the least ugly others were made to stand out on each side from the waist i am afraid to say how far but those made for grand occasions were nearly as wide as your arm would be if it were extended on one side as far as it would go over these hoops came the petticoats and gowns, which were made of the richest silk, for a gown in those days would have cost thirty or forty pounds. Then there was always a petticoat and a train, and these in full dress were trimmed with the same silk in plates and flounces, pinked and puckered, and I know not what else. The sleeves were made short and tight, with long lace trepled ruffles at the elbows and there were peaked stomachers pinned with immense care to the peaked whalebone stays it was quite a business to put on these dresses and must have been quite a pain to walk in the high-heeled silk shoes and brilliant buckles with which they were always seen they also wore watches and equipages and small lace mob caps under which the hair was drawn up stiff and tight and as smooth as if it had been gummed oh i am glad i did not live then said lucy fetching a deep breath it is very pleasant to hear these stories of people who lived just before we did and there is no harm in liking it is there grandmamma none in the least my child said grandmamma the persons who remember anything of those times are getting fewer and fewer every day. If young people then are wise, instead of always talking their own talk as they are too apt to do, they will have a pleasure in listening to old persons and in gathering up from them all they can tell of manners and customs, the very memories of which are now passing away. But now, Henry, my boy, you may understand why the mistresses vaughan always breakfasted in their own rooms. They never chose to appear but in their full dress, and were glad to get an hour or two every morning unlaced and without their hoops. About noon they all came swimming and sailing down into a large saloon, where they spent the rest of their morning. It was a vast low room with bright polished oaken floors and with only a bit of fine carpet in the middle of it they each brought with them a bag for nodding and they generally sat together in such state till it was time for their airing this airing was taken in a coach and four and they generally went the same road and turned at the same place every day but sunday throughout the week they dined at two and drank tea at five for though they had some visitors who came to tea they were too high to return these visits they finished every evening by playing at quadrille, supped at nine and then retired to their rooms what tiresome people said henry how could they spend such lives i would much rather live with john truman and help to thatch than have been with them but how did they spend their sundays grandmamma asked emily they went to church in reading answered the old lady where they had a grand pew lined with crimson cloth and never missed going twice they came in their coach and four they did not naught on sundays but i can hardly say what they did beside lucy fetched a deep breath again and grandmamma went on it was to this house and to be under the care of these ladies that little miss evelyn came the day after her father's funeral she was nearly broken-hearted the mistresses vaughan were not really unkind though very slow in their feelings so after the funeral they soothed the child taking her with them from the grove to their own house where she afterwards always remained but they did another unfeeling thing without seeming to be aware of it evelyn's nurse had been most kind to her but she unhappily spoke broad berkshire and was a plain ordinary-looking person so she was dismissed with a handsome legacy left by her master and the poor little girl was placed under the care of a sort of upper servant called harris harris was charged never to use any but the most genteel language in her presence and to treat her with the respect due to a young lady who was already in possession of a vast property though under guardians three handsome rooms in one wing of the house on the first floor were given to the little lady in harris and an inferior female servant was provided to wait upon them in private and a footman to attend the young lady in public it was not the custom for young children then to dine with the family the only meal, therefore, which Evelyn took with her aunts was the tea. When she saw the company who ever visited them, her breakfast and dinner were served up in her own rooms. She was required to come down at noon and to go down and salute her aunts and ask their blessing, and whenever any one of them declined the daily airing, she was invited to take the vacant place as a great treat her education was begun by harris who taught her to read to use her needle and to speak genteelly it was afterwards carried on by masters from reading for her aunts had no sort of idea of that kind of education which can only be carried on by intellectual company and teachers harris was told that no expense would be spared for miss vaughan that her dress must be of the first price and fashion that if she desired toys, she was to have them, and as many gift books as St. Paul's churchyard supplied. As to her religious duties, Harris was to see that she was always very well-dressed and in good time to go to church with her aunts, that she was taught her catechism, and that she read a portion every day of some good book. One of the old ladies recommending The Whole Duty of Man, another Nelson's Fasts and Festivals, a third boston's fourfold state whilst the fourth merely it is to be feared in opposition to her sisters remarked half aside to harris that all the books above mentioned were very good to be sure but too hard for a child and therefore that the bible itself might she thought answer as well till miss bond could manage hard words as harris herself had no particular relish for any of the books mentioned she fixed upon the bible as being the easiest and moreover being divided into shorter sections than the other three so evelyn was to have everything that a child could wish for that could be got with money and though harris minded to the letter every order that was given her yet she thought only of serving herself in all she did in private with the child she laid praises and flattery upon her as thick as honey in a full honeycomb she never checked her in anything she desired so long as she did nothing which might displease her aunts should it come to their knowledge she scarcely ever dressed her without praising her beauty or gave her a lesson without telling her how quick and clever she was she talked to her of the fine fortune she would come into when she was of age of her mamma's jewels in which she was to shine of the fine family houses and in short of everything which could raise her pride and there was not a servant about the house who did not address the little girl as if she had not been made of the same flesh and blood as other people poor little girl said lucy i am sorry for her remarked emily she must have been quite spoiled by all these things we shall see continued the old lady it was in a very curious way that i many years afterwards learned many particulars of the ways and character of this little girl in her very early years before i was personally acquainted with her after my eldest son was born being in want of a nursemaid fanny the very servant who had waited on miss evelyn and mrs harris offered herself and as I had known her well and loved her much, though I had lost sight of her for some years, I most gladly engaged her. She told me many things of Mrs. Harris and her little lady, which I never could have known otherwise. She said that Mrs. Harris was so much puzzled at the ways of the little girl that she used often to speak of it to Fanny. Miss Evelyn, she said one day, is the queerest little thing I ever met with. I don't know where... Her thoughts are, when I am dressing her to go down to tea in the saloon, and putting on her nice smart dresses, and telling her to look in the glass and see how pretty she is, and to be sure she is as pretty as any waxwork, she either does not answer at all, as if she did not hear me, or has some out-of-the-way question to ask about her lamb, or some bird she has seen, or the clouds, or the moon. Or some other random stuff. There is no fixing her to any sense. Perhaps, Mrs. Harris, Fanny said, she has heard your praises and those of other people till she is tired of them. Psh, answered Mrs. Harris. Did you ever hear of anyone ever being tired of their own praises? The more they hear of them, the more they crave them. But this child has not sense enough to listen to them. Do you know what it is? for a person to have their wits a wool-gathering depend on it that miss vaughan with all her riches and all her prettiness is a very dull child but it is not my business to say as much as that to the ladies they will find it out by and by that is sure but it is a bad look-out for you and me fanny with such chances as we have for if miss evelyn was like other young ladies we might be sure to make our fortune by her. I have known several people in my condition get such a hold on the hearts of children of high condition like Miss Vaughn that they never could do without them in no way in their after lives. But I don't see that we get on at all with this stupid little thing, though so for the life of me I cannot tell what the child's head is running upon. She never opens out to me or asks a question unless it is about some of the dumb animals or the flowers in the garden and the trees in the wood or the moon or the clouds fanny added she asked me the other day who lived in the moon and whether dead people went there it is very clear from the conversation between mrs harris and fanny that evelyn passed for a dull child and had very little to say because she had not found any one since she had left the grove who would talk to her in her own way and draw out her young ideas and encourage her to tell her thoughts her father had encouraged her to talk to him in her own way whilst he was spared to her and her nurse had been the kindest best of foster mothers though to be sure she did speak broad berkshire and though she was what learned people would call an ignorant woman nurse had the strongest desire to do right for she had been made to feel that god was the friend of his creatures she felt sure that he would help those who behaved well and she did what she could to teach what she knew to her little girl she told her that she must be good and not proud or she would never go to the happy world where angels are she told her also that though her mother was gone into another world, she knew and was sorry when she was naughty. Nurse was a particularly generous woman and was always teaching the little lady to give things away, and she took great pains to make her civil to everybody, whether high or low. Nurse had loved to be much out of doors, and Evelyn loved it as much, and the two together used to ramble all about the place into the fields and yards where animals were kept and into the groves and gardens to watch the birds and butterflies and to talk to the gardeners and the old women who weeded the walks nurse was always reminding evelyn to take something out with her to give away if it was nothing else than a roll or a few lumps of sugar from breakfast for evelyn's mother just before her death had said to her nurse my child may be very rich teach her to think of the wants of the poor and to give away but the more happy evelyn had been with her nurse the more sad she was with harris there was not anything which harris talked of that the little girl cared for and the consequence was that she passed for being very dull because when harris was talking of one set of things she was thinking of something very different when harris wanted her to admire herself in her new frocks when she was dressed to go down to tea or at any other time she was wishing to have her pinafore on or that she might run down to her lamb which fed in a square yard covered with grass where the maids dried the clothes mr vaughan had died somewhat suddenly in the spring the lamb was then only six weeks old Evelyn came to live with her aunts immediately after the funeral, and the summer passed away without anything very particular happening. It was Harris's plan to indulge Evelyn as much as she possibly could, though she did not like the child, and therefore, when she asked to go out, which by her good will would have been every hour of the day, she went with her when she went to take anything to her lamb and to stroke it or to hang flowers about its neck, Harris stood by her. But if Harris did not like Evelyn, she hated her pet still more. She pointed out to Evelyn that there were young horns budding on its brow, that it was getting big and coarse and, like other sheep, dirty and said that it would soon be too big for a pretty young lady like miss Vaughan to stroke and kiss but i must kiss it answered evelyn because i got poor papa once to kiss it and i always kiss it in the very same place just above its eyes harris it's exactly there just between where the horns are coming miss Vaughan said harris some day by and by it will knock you down when you are kissing it and perhaps butt you with its horns till it kills you that same day mrs harris told fanny that she would take good care that miss fawn's disagreeable pet should be put beyond her reach before very long and indeed one fine morning when evelyn went down to the yard the lamb was missing there was much crying on the part of the little girl and much bitter lamentation but her footman Having been told what to say by Harris, said to his little lady that the young ram had got tired of the drying yard and had gone out into the woods to look for fresh grass and running water, and that he was somewhere in the park. And he is happy? asked Evelyn. Very happy, answered the footman. So don't cry about him, miss. I will go and see if I can find him, said the child. You had better not go near him now, said Mrs. Harris when pet lambs become large sheep they often turn most savage on those who were most kind to them he knew me yesterday replied the child and let me stroke him would he forget me in one day and she burst into fresh tears i am sorry for her said henry rubbing the sleeve of his pinafore across his eyes and there was one person who heard her said grandmama who was sorry for her also and that was fanny but she did not dare to say anything because of mrs harris the old lady then went on when the summer was past and the weather less pleasant mrs harris pretended to have a pain in her face and instead of going out always with evelyn she sent fanny this was a pleasant change for the little lady she found fanny much more agreeable to her and fanny was surprised to find how evelyn opened out to her during their walks for several days, Evelyn led Fanny about the groves and over the lawns of the park to look for the lamb. They could not find him, but the child still fancied that he was somewhere in the park. One morning, Evelyn proposed that they should try the avenue and look for the lamb. In that direction, Fanny had no notion of contradicting Evelyn. Indeed, Harris had told her to keep her in good humor, lest she should tell her aunts that Harris seldom walked with her so that way they went they had scarcely got to one end of the long row of trees when they saw a plain-dressed woman coming to meet them from the other evelyn uttered a joyful cry and began to run towards her fanny ran too but the little girl quite outstripped her it was nurse who was coming she had been forbidden the house but she had often come to the lodge and often walked a part of the way along the avenue if it were only for a chance of seeing her child nurse was a widow and had only one child living he had a good situation in the school on the london road which any one may see at the entrance of the town so nurse then lived alone in a small house on that road how joyful was the meeting between evelyn and her nurse how eagerly did the little girl rush into those arms which had been the cradle of her happy infancy after the first moments of joy were passed they sat down on a fallen and withered bough between the rows of trees and talked long and long together so long that evelyn was almost too late to be taken to her aunts at noon they talked of many things and the good nurse forgot not to remind evelyn of what she had taught her by the desire of her mother especially to remember to give to be civil to all persons to speak when spoken to to say her prayers and not to be proud and haughty the nurse also took care to tell evelyn that when she talked of giving she wanted nothing herself being in her way quite rich through the goodness of mr vaughan so don't give me anything my precious child but your love this meeting with nurse served the purpose of keeping alive all the simple and best feelings of evelyn the little one told her how her lamb had left her and that they had been looking for it that very morning well my dear said the nurse the poor creature is happier in the fields and with its own kind than you can ever make it and if you are not too young to understand me i would advise you to learn from this loss of your lamb henceforth not to give your heart and your time to dumb creatures to which you can do little good but to your own fellow-creatures that you may help now to make what i say plain there is at this very time at the lodge a pretty orphan boy maybe two years of age who has been taken in for a week or so by by mrs simpson at the lodge she means to keep him till the parish can put him somewhere for she cannot undertake to keep him without more pay than the parish will give having a sick husband who is a heavy burden upon her now if you have as i know you have the means why not help her to keep this little boy why not get some warm comfortable clothing for him with your aunt's leave and so help him forward till he wants schooling and then provide for that i will do it nurse i will do it answered evelyn god bless you my lamb said nurse and soon after this nurse and evelyn parted but they both cried bitterly as fanny told me the name of the baby at the lodge was francis barr and as fanny said he was a most lovely boy with golden hair curling about his sweet face evelyn had only to mention him to her aunts and they immediately ordered their steward to pay so many shillings a week to mrs simpson and to give another sum for his clothing and this was they said to be done in the name of miss vaughan they would have done better if they had let evelyn look a little after the clothes and indeed let her help to make them but such was not their way perhaps they thought miss Vaughan too grand to help the poor with her own hands but it is always easier for the rich to order money to be paid than to work with their own hands mrs harris was told of the meeting with the nurse by evelyn herself but the little girl did not tell her all that nurse had said not from cunning but because she was not in the habit of talking to harris she could not have told why she did not but we all know that there are some people whom we never feel inclined to talk to and we hardly know why mrs harris was however jealous of nurse and thinking to put her out of her young lady's head she used the liberty allowed her and went one day to reading and bought a number of toys and gilt books i wonder what they were grandmamma said henry fanny did not tell me answered the old lady and i had all this part of the story from fanny evelyn she said was pleased with them when they came and put them all in a row on a side-table in her sitting-room and changed their places several times and opened the books and tried to read them but she was hardly forward enough to make them out with pleasure however she picked a few out from the rest and told fanny to put them in her pocket for her plan was that fanny was to read them to her when they went out which was done the day after she had picked out the books, she asked for some paper and a pen and ink, and set herself to write by copying printed letters. It was well she was in black, as she inked herself well before she had finished her letter. Harris did not ask her what she was doing. That was not her way, but she looked at what she had written when it was done, and found it was a letter to nurse, blotted and scrawled, and hard to be read when this letter was finished the child asked fanny for some brown paper and in this she packed most of the toys and the letter and having sent for her footman she told him to get a horse and ride to nurses and give her the parcel and the letter the man looked at mrs harris as doubting whether he was to obey mrs harris was sewing and looked like thunder miss Vaughan, she said did i hear aright "'Is that parcel to be taken to nurses?' "'Yes, Harris,' answered Evelyn. "'Those things are mine, and I am going to send them to nurse.' "'Upon my word, Miss Vaughan, you have chosen a very proper present for the old woman. She will be vastly amused with all those pretty things. This speech was made in much bitterness, and meant the very contrary to what the words expressed. But Evelyn thought she meant what she said, and she answered.' Yes, Harris. Nurse will be so much pleased. I think she will put the things in a row on her chimney piece. Harris, as Fanny told me, did not answer again immediately, but sat with her head stooped over her work, whilst Evelyn repeated her directions to Richard, and Richard looked for his orders to Mrs. Harris. Don't you hear what Miss Vaughan says, Richard? She at length said as she looked up with very red cheeks and flashing eyes what do you stand gaping there for don't you know that all miss vaughan's orders are to be obeyed make haste and carry the parcel and tell nurse to read my letter said evelyn and to send me word if she has read it she will be so glad i know as soon as richard was gone harris called evelyn to her and lifting her on her knee she began to kiss and praise her and to coax her but not in the old way by telling her of her beauty and her grandeur but by flattering her about her kindness and her gratitude to nurse i love nurse harris answered evelyn and she deserves it too miss vaughan replied harris she took care of you when you could not have told if you were ill-used little ladies should always remember those who were kind to them in their helpless years come now tell me what nurse said to you when you saw her last i am sure she would tell you nothing but what was very good she told me said evelyn about my mamma being an angel and she told me that if i was good and not selfish and gave things away that i should go to heaven too i should then she said be like a lamb living under the care of a good shepherd harris on hearing this as fanny said looked about her in that sort of wondering way which people use when they are thoroughly surprised but it being very near twelve noon she had no time to carry on the discourse further then evelyn's frock required to be changed and her hair put in order and then as the custom was mrs harris had to lead the child into the saloon to make her curtsy and leave her till the bell rang to recall her when harris had left the child with her aunts she came up again to her own apartments she came with her mouth open being all impatience to let out her thoughts to fanny who would have guessed said she that the wind blew from that quarter fanny and here i have been beating about and about to find out the child and trying to get at her in every way I could think of, all the while missing the right one. What do you mean, Mrs. Harris, said Fanny. What do I mean, answered Harris. Why, how stupid you are, girl. Have I not been trying to get to the child's heart every day these six months by indulging her and petting her and talking to her of her pretty face and fine expectations? And all that, and has she not all along seemed to care as little for what I said as she would for the sound of rustling leaves? Will you deny that it is very true? answered Fanny. I think she has heard of her grandeur and those things till they are no news to her. Maybe so, answered Harris. But I never yet met with a person, young or old, who could not be tired out with their own praises, however they may pretend i was never much tired in that way answered fanny maybe not said mrs harris what was anyone to get by hunting one like you well but to return to this child i did set her down to be none of the sharpest but for once i think i was mistaken it is not often that i am but i have got a little light now I shall get on better from this day forward or i am much mistaken what light is it said fanny why don't you see answered harris that young as miss evelyn is that old nurse has managed to fill her head with notions about death and heaven and being charitable and giving away and that the child's head runs much for such a child on these things i cannot wonder at it answered fanny when one thinks how much the poor orphan has heard and seen of death. And who has not heard and seen much of death, Fanny, answered Mrs. Harris, but for all that we must live and make our way in life, then, as if she thought that she might just as well refrain from opening herself any more to Fanny, she sent her away on some errand, and there the discourse ended, but not so the reflections of the young servant on what she had said she had let out enough to make her quite understand a very great change which took place from that day in the behaviour of harris to evelyn she never spoke to her again about her beauty and riches she never praised her on these accounts but she constantly spoke of her goodness in giving way of her civility and courtesy of her being so humble of the very great merit of these things and of the certainty that these things would make her an angel in glory oh the cunning wicked woman cried henry was not this sort of flattery more dangerous grandmamma than the other asked lucy but emily said nothing for emily's besetting sin was vanity and she felt that she should have been more hurt by the praises of her beauty than of her goodness by this new plan harris gained more on evelyn continued grandmamma that she had done by the first and the child as time went on became more attached to her two years passed away after this affair of sending the toys to nurse without many changes nurse was not allowed to see evelyn again though the little lady often sent her a note and some little remembrance to nurse's son masters came from reading to carry on miss Vaughan's education and she proved to be docile and industrious she still kept up her love of being out of doors and being of a friendly temper she often visited the cottages close about and took little presents which caused the poor people to flatter her upon her goodness as much as harris did she had no pet animal after she had lost her lamb but she became very fond of francis Barr and often walked with fanny to see him he soon learned to know her and to give her very sweet smiles in return for all her kindness and when he could walk by himself he always hastened to meet her he was nearly six years younger than evelyn and was therefore not much more than four during the summer in which she was ten in the early part of that summer she used to go with fanny most days to the lodge to teach little francis his letters and talk to him about god and they used to hear him say his prayers Evelyn loved him very much, and Harris praised her before every one for her goodness to this poor orphan. It would have been strange if all this dangerous flattery, together with the pleasure the dear child had in bestowing kindnesses, which, after all, cost her but little, had not so worked on her mind as to make her vain and self-satisfied. But her Heavenly Father, who had guided her so far, was not going to leave her uncared for now. He, who had begun the work with her, was not going to leave it imperfect. I have now come nearly to what I may call the end of the first part of my story, and to the end of the young and sunny and careless days of the life of dear Evelyn Vaughn. These careless days, these days of young and comparatively thoughtless happiness, were suddenly finished in a very sad and awful way. I will not enter into many particulars of that affair, because it will give you pain. In a few words, it was this. Late one evening, in the summer, little Francis Barr was playing in the road, when a carriage coming along at a full gallop, the horses having taken fright and thrown the postilion, came suddenly upon the poor child, knocked him down, and killed him on the spot there was no time to send the news to the great house and as it happened evelyn and fanny went the next morning before breakfast to give the little boy his lesson when arrived at the lodge they found the door open and no one within mrs simpson had just gone into the garden to fetch more flowers to lay over the little boy not seeing anyone in the kitchen they walked into the parlor and there poor evelyn saw her little loved one cold yet beautiful in death having one small hand closed upon a lily and the other on a rose evelyn could not mistake the aspect of death she uttered a wild shriek and fell senseless to the floor she was carried home but she was very ill for many days and i may truly say never perfectly recovered from that time but now, my dear children, added Grandmamma, I begin to feel tired and have only finished half my story. If all is well, we will come here to morrow, and then I shall hope to finish it. I wish it was to morrow, said Henry, and his sisters joined in the wish. End of section forty one.